Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. Welcome to SNS Online. Our special guest today simply fizzes with creative energy in whatever role is thrown at her in a career spanning over 50 years and still very much going strong. From chumming up with the dames in Cranford to ticking off the doctor in a way only a mother could, she has cemented herself as one of the UK's great acting talents and has worked with some of the best in the business. So, before we get started, let's take a listen to some of her wonderful and iconic roles. Frida Ashton? Two years exactly. Two years exactly since I dragged you into bed for the first time and slaked my lust on your body. Education is wonderful, isn't it? Yes. I wonder why we're all teachers. Seems such a waste. You say you die for your family. You die for your children. You die for your children because they're part of you. But I don't believe you love me any more than that girl. You mustn't feel you have to apologise all the time, Stephen. I know it's very difficult to be a man too these days, if you have any sensitivity at all. Yes, I, I do find that rather difficult. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to work together really well. Morning, Granville. Inspire me with your views on sex in the 20th century. I may have learned to relax and enjoy life, dear, but I'm still a Victorian. All I would say is don't neglect us elders in your writing. We are humanity's depots of wisdom. We are its pyramids and its Parthenon. You think you can navigate all those time streams without anyone noticing? You're fighting a lost cause. You need to stop. Lost causes are my speciality. Not this time. There'll be no glory awaiting you on this one. Oh, you seem to think you're very well informed. I'm telling you, the damage to time is already done. As intended. Ladies and gentlemen, and all they thems, a very warm welcome to the utterly wonderful acting powerhouse that is Barbara Flynn. So, Barbara Flynn, thank you so much for joining SNS Online. It's it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. I am a huge fan of your work um, over the years. And I, I have to say, from my observation of your work, um, I find there's a sort of a, a steely quality about your performances. It's sort of brimming <laughs> with delightful energy. And I've written here, I, I want to read this out to you, juxtaposed with a lusty playfulness that comes through, even when your more serious roles. I mean, it's, it's sort of a wonderful organic alchemy that you create in your performance and utterly unique to you as a performer. Golly, that's quite a, a mouthful. I, <laughs> I, 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 um, that, I'm very uh, pleased to hear all that. Um, oh, I don't recognise it because I think what we, well, a, a little I do, of course. But um, <laughs> I think, you know, most actors just do what's in front of them and to the best of their ability. And, sure. But, uh, but I, I am a great uh, lover and respecter of wit and, I, and writing. Mm. And that's what gets me to the place of work is normally the writing and um and it's been a a very joyful 54 years really sort of um quite sort of despite myself i think i remember very, at a very early age people looming over me because i used to go and to um do um some musical festivals and things i wasn't a sort of terrible child with a mother going go on go on go on do it do it i wasn't <laughs> one of those but 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 i did like um 
doing poetry if it was funny and it seemed to go down well. And so people would look down at me at various occasions in our house and go, well, you'll be going on the stage. Ah. So I'd look at them and go, really, really, is that right? And really what I wanted to do was dance on the stage, but um, that didn't, um, that wasn't sort of as well received in the household. Oh. Um, well, my father was a pathologist. Okay. And a very wise man mm. and knowing what ballet can do to the body and ballet can do to the uh, longevity of work and all sorts of things. And I think he yes. he would love me to have done medicine, of course. Who wouldn't? And uh, <laughs> Or law. No, he thought I'd be good at law. And in a way, in another life, mm. I love a puzzle. <laughs> I love a puzzle and I love a good argument. I love a good reasoning. And actually, it might you know, if I get another go, it, that's what I might do. And also solving crimes, um, you know, puzzles and crimes. Yes, detectives. I find totally, totally. Mm. I haven't actually played, well, I did once play a sort of household detective in Chandler oh. and Chandler yes. and Co. But that did With a of Capaldi, it, it, of course. I, I, yes, mm. I didn't continue with that. I went on to do something else. But, mm. but I really love that. In fact, there are lots of stories which which I won't share with you, but but yeah. of of nearly doing things. But <laughs> but I I think I think um, anyway, I, I was sort of given that idea, and so I did apply for drama school, and I got into Guildhall, and and then my father said, well, you must do the teaching course, and I said, well, I won't do the teaching course, but I'll do the exams for you. Yes, and so I did the exams, and I I did quite well at Guildhall, and and left for the shiny medal and and uh, well not that i thought much of it you know because you don't you, you you go oh it's fine what will i do next okay and Guildhall was such fun it wasn't <laughs> in any way the sort of you know um ba uh opportunity that it is now mm. not that i don't know quite how that comes into who who were students. your contemporaries uh at drama school golly well i did uh, there's no one that i can say um that there have been people sure. who were there that I have worked with, but there's no one who I I work with a lot or have okay. done. Sure. Uh, but but it was um, it was 1966 to 68. Okay, so a long time ago. Presumably Your parents always... weren't even thought of, probably, let alone you. <laughs> oh no, my parents were very. My parents were born in the twenties, so. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well. So it was a long time ago, but I mm. I had a wonderful time, and I went straight into. Rap for six months in Coventry, oh, and nice. I, I actually, when I was looking at things, thinking of you, I was thinking it might be interesting to talk about some of this because I, I, I read the letter that I wrote my parents when I'd arrived oh, and yes. saying, you know, and I earned ten pounds a week, and I saved. My rent was four, mm -hmm. and I saved at the end of the week money out of ten, ten pounds nice. a week. Can you believe that? Wow. So for six months I did that, and I didn't do any ASM, and I just did acting. I did lovely roles. I had a wonderful time. I mean, that's and amazing. You went straight in, you know, hitting the ground running into red. Well, I think but a lot of people sort of did, you know, you, you either did that or you didn't. And so yeah. I, I was very lucky. And, and, um, and then after six months, I've, I also read this letter. It said, oh, I've got to go down and see um, this casting director again for something called Family at War. Mm. You're anticipating my I, questions. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, then I, uh, so this letter exists. And so I went down and they offered me that. So Frida Ashton yes. became my next. So up I went with the rest of my 10 of ten pounds that week to earn about a hundred times. That That's money. amazing. And just to say to, to, for the, uh, the listeners, but this was a quality drama that ran for three years and 52 hour long episodes. I think it's amazing. That's correct. Oh! 
gosh, I'm five minutes late. My fault. Let me make the excuses. Oh, no, thanks all the same, but I'd like to make my excuses. You're late, Sasha. Yes, I know, sister. I'm sorry, sister. You can tell me why later. Go and help Miss Jackson with the drinks. Yes, sister. Well, hadn't you better get off to maternity to all those young mums of yours? What time do you finish? Oh, I don't know, really. Don't know or won't tell? I don't know, honestly. When you do know, and if you want a lift. Thanks. Well, better get off and do what sister says. And you know, First I gig, also, you know. Mm. we went from black and white to colour. Yes. We didn't know what was going on. It, it played in Northern Europe and caused traffic jams of a Sunday night. Wow. Because most of Northern Europe wanted to get home to see family Ashton. In Sweden, in Norway, in, in all those, in um, in Holland, I think, mm. certainly the Netherlands, around there, yes. it was ridiculous. And, of course, we went to have a great big, wonderful visit to, we went to Copenhagen. We had a reception all for us in the Tivoli Gardens. Mm. Glamorous pictures. We went to Elsinore. We were treated, we'd be given all sorts of things. We had the most, we were treated like royalty, the Beatles <laughs> almost. It Fantastic. was It was extraordinary. Dad had a letter from one of the offices. They were in a boat. He said that Robert... that he died in his sleep. In the boat, he said he was very brave. Brave boy. A boy! so much better now how you felt about John. How did you bear it? And that was all between 1969 and 71. And this was ITB. This wasn't, was this co-funded by other countries or it just, it was going out? This is out Granada. And, oh, Granada, 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 yes, TV. yes. So I, I don't think, I'm, no. you know, I don't know. I've never been asked that question. But I, I'll tell you, it's a very funny um, story about this because um, I had this um, argument with the wonderful director. He said, oh, I found it, well, I loved it. He said, the music that they played over the sandcastle. Oh my goodness, that Sibelius was wonderful. <laughs> I said, no, no, I, I, I think it was Vaughan Williams. Yes. No, 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 no. He said it was absolutely Sibelius. So he had this, and he said, well, this is a place where we're working in this lovely conservatory. It's famous for its wine. Mm. I bet you one bottle of this fantastic wine that you're wrong. I'm going, you're looking me in the eye and telling me I'm wrong. So, anyway, <laughs> so of course, I had to, I had to put this bottle of wine um, I think we had to wrap it up and put mm. it in my suitcase because I was, of course, I won the bet. Of course but, you but, did. <laughs> but, 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 but that was the family at war mm. joke from then. But it was a long time ago. Uh, let's just list some of the cast Colin Douglas, Sheila Fraser, Colin Campbell, yes. Patrick Troughton. Everyone was in it. And a young John Nettles as well. John Nettles, yes, and, yeah. and this is before he could drive. There's, a, ah. I mean, endless stories about that. <laughs> we used to have to drive this A7. And I had to put my leg over his leg, do the clutch, do the gear, and do the lines without my shoulders moving. Health and safety wouldn't let you do that he, these days. Would no, they? no, lots. <laughs> Can of you things, imagine? Lots of things that health and safety wouldn't let you do. Honestly, yes, no, it was remarkable. So this was your first huge taste of fame and being recognised. I mean, what was that like for you? Well, personally? it was very slow because we didn't think like that. Okay. We, we had every two weeks we did the job, mm. and it was it was so interesting to be on a set with these clundering great cameras attached to some magic place in the wall. Mm. 
um, were these huge, great leads. And, of course, the director's job was to go home and practice with safety pins and bits of wool so that he didn't get them all tangled up. And it was <laughs> it was really, really amusing. And and so we we did endless takes, you know, and, and sometimes with people opening doors and bursting into tears. And I just thought it was wonderful. It was like a playground. Yes. I remember Trevor Bowen, who was in it, uh-huh. T.R. Bowen, mm. he was also a writer. He said, Bar, little tip for television, you have such a lovely, round, wonderful face. Don't smile too much because your eyes might disappear. Oh, charming. <laughs> no, no, no. It's absolutely right. Okay. So that, you know, when a camera is close. So you know what to you do. do. You think it. You don't, you, you don't, you know, it, he was quite right. Mm. But it was a lovely, wonderful job. And mm. almost the whole profession was in it because yes. I can remember um, conversations with a very famous dame. Um, whose name begins with J at her sink <laughs> and 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 saying, Well, Barbara, I'm a bit worried because I know you're in family at war and I know someone beginning with M was in it <laughs> and um and you haven't mentioned anything. And I oh. said, The thing is that I never got near the blokes because they were always on the front or they were in the oh, I see. somewhere. Yes. So I but but um in mean, later later episodes I did have boyfriends. Yes. But it was a wonderful show. Anyway, yes. that was that. Appointments of you telliers, they would and, say. And Pardon? What? App- appointments of UTV, as they say in the media. Yeah, it, absolutely. <laughs> it, it was it was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that. But anyway, um, oh, it it's was... just something they say in the media. I don't understand it either. It means it means like everybody will make an appointment to see this, regardless of what's happening. And you know, but oh, well, I don't know because it was every it was terribly relaxed and everything. But but people did enjoy it because no videos in um, those days, so you'd have to catch it when it was on. Yes, mm. it's true, and also <laughs> because it was written by. Um, John, um, John, 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 John. Oh. That's appalling. You can find out his I'll name. I'll have to find um, out. He, he's a Mancunian. So uh-huh. we did add little bits of Liverpudlian to make it, mm. you know, because it had to be, I love the wit. And yes. I asked to have a friend and I had, and I, I got the glorious Dana Davis. I, she did a, a smaller part and I said, she's wonderful, that girl. Can she be my friend? Created so by John Finch. John Finch. That's it, John yes, Finch. He's yes. a Mancunian. Yeah. But a really, really wonderful uh, thing and I do you know I feel as if I lived through the war because yes. it was such a long job because oh. I'm, I'm not really I'm not that old but I, I was born after it anyway so that was that that's wonderful. wonderful looking for your Wikipedia you've done so much work and so much such a variety of work it's, I mean it's impossible to so cover lucky. it all here but I'm looking at things like uh, you know BBC Two Playhouse <laughs> Couple Z yeah. Cars uh, uh, Second Chance Keep It In The Family Play For Today all the classics from, from that time and you know Spots In The Gentle Touch and all the rest of it Open All Hours is quite a, quite a significant one I oh, think well, people all hours, have such happy memories of the milk I was, woman. Asked you, I was asked you Open All Hours because of um, Sid Lotterby I was doing some comedy with him and he said Bar would you do me a favour could you come up and do this Milk Woman in Doncaster <laughs> it's a night shoot and we do about three or four episodes in the night shoot and I said yeah sure so there I was on the pavement at four o'clock in the morning with Ronnie Barker and David Jason and uh, David was doing the best impression I've ever seen of John Wayne who's absolutely marvellous and Ronnie was complete because he was so competitive with Ronnie and Ronnie was just looking at him and smiling and patting his head and it was I mean he was Ronnie was just completely cosmic of course yes I love that man we we did nothing but talk about antiques when we were together but anyway um, but the thing was that on the pavement it was great because because the place was turned from a 
from a, a hairdresser's into this corner shop. Mm. Okay, and, I was a hairdresser. And, right. and I, I said to, um, I said to Sid, well, I, I'll definitely do it if I can do the stunts. He said, what do you mean? I said, if I can drive the milk float. So I used to drive the milk float, so I used to love that. I'll keep the flowers anyway. What's my boyfriend going to say? Well, don't tell him. Who's going to tell him? I'm not going to tell him. He's the milk round supervisor. He'll see me wandering round with these. Well, let's be honest about it. Tell him that Granville gave them to you. You know, Granville, who's not such a nice person, but maybe underneath is pretty nasty in an attractive sort of a way. I adored it. Fabulous. It was a wonderful job. Obviously, you you were presumably doing lots of theatre too around that time. What's your sort of preferred go-to space? Is it theatre or, or TV, or, or do you not have a? I, don't, I think it's really usually the, the favourite go-to space is really the writing. Okay, yes, um, yes, or, yes. Uh, really probably. I, I mean, after Family at War, I did all sorts of things, but I did go to America mm. with a play uh, called The Marquise by Nell Coward, and we started off at Stratford, and the 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 the, the uh, what's it called the river there the. Um, Oh, for God's oh, God. sake, my brain. Anyway, that river <laughs> that one. overflowed its banks. Yes. And then we went to Washington, mm-hmm. and the Potomac overshot its banks. Because in the in um, Washington, we were working at the JFK Center, which had just opened, and Leonard Bernstein had just finished and just was about to present his mass for John F. Kennedy, Jack Kennedy. So we were performing in the theatre, and in the opera bit, they were going to have the first night or the premiere of this uh, wonderful Requiem that mm. he'd written. So there we were, all dressed up in our frocks for the play, having to attend this little ceremony with Jackie Kennedy standing there with her little pillbox hat ah, wow. and uh, Leonard Bernstein next to him. And it had been raining endlessly, and so the Potomac was rising and rising. And this new building uh, obviously had some problems because there she stood uh, being introduced to everyone, including us, and water was dripping into buckets all around her. <laughs> and I have this lady memory of Jackie Kennedy with his pink pillarbox hat going blup. and and it was just amazing it was such a posh place but had marble taps but no hot water but it was it was the most amazing place what an amazing memory i know (laughs) the marquise the marquise was an extraordinary play this was with um glynis johns and richard todd Uh and all the old school and glynis johns is absolutely adorable um she was just she played and i played her daughter and it was just enchanting and so that was lovely to go to America and do that. Mm. But it was it was a it was a funny story that wasn't it? No, absolutely. What a, what a moment in time to be frozen. <laughs> and then incredible. I came back and I did Murders Announced, which okay. is the only West End play I've done because I'm, I what I love to do is to go to the National Theatre and do plays where I do do it for three weeks and then you have a break and then you mm. do it for the and you sort of can have a real life. I'm not brilliant at doing very very long long runs. I found out in this play, but every all, every one of us was doing it for a reason. Mm. I was doing it to get my flat. My first flat, which mm. is wonderful, and um, it was a great cast. Um, but I haven't done many West End things at all. I mean, I um, must admit, when I'm but, watching, but a, a lot at the National. Sure, when I'm watching th- uh, plays, and I, I always think about. I hope the the actors are they don't have a headache tonight or they're having a bad day because I always want them to be, you know, on the same page as the audience. You you get into the theatre. It doesn't well, like for me. It doesn't matter how you're feeling, really. Mm, mm. It's wonderful because you can't let anyone down. You are completely no. committed, mm. and and you just do it. I've just finished a play at um, at the Arcola, um, which was wonderful. We did. We finished it at um, sort of uh, towards the end of June, wonderful. which is a, a lovely play by uh, Barney Norris. Mm-hmm. 
who's a glorious writer, and uh, we started to sing, it was called. And um, it was, in, he's an enchanting writer. And it was a very autobiographical piece. And there's some music, you mentioned music, has to do with the last sort of thing that has been in my head. We we did do some singing in it, and one of the things we sang was was as Sullivan's um, Long Day Closes, which is just amazing. to SNS Online with today's special guest, Barbara Flynn. And we'll be back after this. SNSOnlineShow.com, your brand new one-stop shop for all things SNS. Take a tour through our wide and diverse collection of shows and listen in to our exclusive range of in-depth interviews spanning the popular arts, featuring actors, writers, journalists, stand-up comedians, musicians and more. You can also enjoy our shorter bite-sized series covering vibrant new theatre, television and book releases. And with our Arts Lifestyle Remit, you get to explore issue-based topics including health, mental health, women's rights around the world and LGBTQ. Contact us with both your comments and suggestions for future guests. And don't forget to read up on our blog, regularly updated with articles and photographs. A forum where everyone is welcome to contribute. SNSOnlineShow.com, your one-stop shop for all things SNS. I would love to see you on stage. I mean, I must, I don't know if you have a website or anything, but I must uh, monitor your, what you're doing because I'd be very interested to see you. Um, well, see I've a had a lovely of, time at the Donmar. I did mm. two wonderful plays at Donmar. Um, Versailles, which Peter Gill was wonderful. He wrote this extraordinary play that was about the, um, the, the 100th year of, you know, since the First World War. And okay. he literally, in this play, put every single fact and more mm-hmm. than, um, oh gosh, the people who are writing all the documentaries who have now gone out of my head. You know, Jeremy Vine and the other guy, Max Hastings. You know, okay. they, yes. did the, they did those amazing documentaries. But he just nailed it. Peter Gill is one of my favourite ever directors oh, and writers. Okay. Right, just right. stunning. I've done Antigone with him, Tales from Hollywood, that's, that's a national, um, with Michael Gambon, and then Antigone was just fantastic. And then we did Where the World, which is one of the best plays ever written, uh, Irish writer, you know, Oliver Goldsmith. Um, oh, just just honestly, endlessly, he's, yeah. he's Versailles. He, he, he's the most extraordinary person. I mean, just to say, you know, with, with writers generally, I mean, you, you've worked with so many wonderful high-profile writers, Andrew Davis, Jimmy McGovern, Paul Abbott, yes. Alan Aitborn, Chris yes. Chibnall. I mean, that was quite Alan recently. Plater. Alan Plater. Alan, Alan Plater. Plater, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, Gorgeous. wow. Massive. I mean, it's, but, they, it's, but they are the massive. It, it comes from the writing. Yes, absolutely. You know, and Shakespeare. Mm, and then yeah, you've got yeah. to do two of them. I have oh, heard of him. God. Yeah. He's rather good. He's rather good, I isn't waited, he? I waited until I was 49 <laughs> to do that. And oh. actually... 
I and to do when Richard Eyre phoned me up and said, Bar, would you please do one of the girls in Lear? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh God. Um, and he said, which one do you want to play? And I thought about it for a few minutes and I said, I think Goneril because it's all her fault. So I did Goneril <laughs> and I it was like riding the best horse mm. ever. It was just and I wanted to do more and more Shakespeare. In fact, I would have done that play. There are a few jobs I've done that I would happily have played. You know, I break my rule for the for the long run because okay. actually they're just so good. Yes. And of course, the King Lear we took to Greece and we took it to Turkey. We played in, I don't know if it was San Sofia, but it was one of the wonderful basilicas in Istanbul. And it was, Ian Holm was stupendous. It was the most brilliant cast. It was the most brilliant cast. And it was the most brilliant production. And the Cottesloe, as I, I know and love it, was just, it was it was thundering. You know, people just adored it. Mm. And I, I wanted to do it again and again and again. Chekhov's not bad. He's a good writer. Yes. I like him. So you've done a lot um, of travel. <laughs> you presume you've done a lot of travelling with your theatre over the years. No. No, not, not massively. Actually, okay. Not with theatre. Okay. I've done a bit of travelling with 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 the filming, yes. but not with. But I've never been a, a kind of. I've never really wanted to travel to America. I mean, the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I've not. It's not really my thing. Okay. But um, you know, you never never say never. But I don't. I don't really think so. No, fair enough. <laughs> Let's get to the By the Beck trilogy then, because that was obviously quite uh, a quite a, a, a that oh. was a massive. Um, well, it spawned t- two sequels, didn't it? A, a stylish. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a cult. It's a cult, very much like very peculiar practice. And funny enough, yes. they were the same years. I mean, mm. uh, half my half my year I had blonde streaks, and the other half mm-hmm. I had the same colour as my dogs, which were visuals at the time. So that was that was uh, that was my life. But but yes, I mean, Alan Plater's uh, By the Beck with Jimmy. I'd met Alan Plater. He he before he adapted rather brilliantly Anthony Trollope's uh, Barchester Chronicle. Towers oh, Charles, and the yeah. Warden mm-hmm. and the Warden and called it Barchester Chronicles. Chronicles. You're quite right. Look, I agree with you about the wealth and corruption within the church. I support the campaign that seeks to remedy the situation. But why pick a sweet and gentle man like Mr. Harding? Why not run your campaign against somebody like Dr. Vesey Stanhope? Stanhope? I don't think I know him. Tell me about him. You spend all your time buried in your letters and campaigns in the Jupiter, and you don't hear the common gossip of Barchester. Dr. Stanhope is the rector of Crabtree, theoretically. Has a handsome living and spends all his time on the banks of Lake Como in Italy collecting butterflies. And it was an Alan Rickman was in there. That was his first television, to my knowledge. Wow. <clears throat> he he played Slope, who of course is pretty much rather similar to Snape. And <laughs> and it was it was just glorious. What a wonderful surprise to greet a man as he goes about the good lord's business. Mrs. Bold, Miss Bold, and young Master Bold. I'm quite overcome with your boldness. Good afternoon, Mr. Snape. Uh, it really is a most extraordinary coincidence. I had planned to call on Mrs. Bold. I'm extremely anxious to speak to you. Perhaps I should take the child for a walk along the river and, and then you can talk undisturbed. Is the matter so urgent? I believe you will think so. See, John, there are some swans. Shall we go and look at them? Well, not 
too close to the water, Miss Bold. You're both too precious to lose. Oh, I am very careful with deep water, Mr Slope. <laughs> and I'd worked with him before, a Birmingham rep, doing Sherlock Holmes, oh. in which David Suchet was playing Moriarty, so oh. that's quite fun. But, but, um, but um, Barchester Chronicles was... And so I'd met him then, mm-hmm. and I think he had... We got on so well. I was doing some duck impressions to this child, and he... He thought that was we got on rather well, but anyway, he um, I ended up getting um, Jill Swinburne and and spending many happy, extraordinary times up in Leeds, which I well, I love the north because I'm Northern Irish, really. Uh-huh. My parents are both from there, and uh, it's just lovely. What's in this parcel? Uh, records four LPs by Big Spider Beck. From your platinum blonde lady friend? Yes, at, uh, not in person. They were just outside the front door when I got in from school. How do you spell Beidebeck? B-E-I-D-E... Doesn't matter. And Bex is B-I-X. He's some sort of jazz musician? Yes. Well, he was. He died in 1931. He was a corn player. Just prepare yourself for a slight disappointment. Eh? I have here long playing records as follows. An Evening with Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Living Legends of the Cinema Organ, the George Formby Songbook Volume 3, and Everyday Spanish for Beginners. That's wrong. No mention of Big Spiderbeck. Not even close. They must have made a mistake. No, you made the mistake. Me? Look not upon the blondes when they are platinum. And with James and Bolan as well. Well, Jim, yeah, Jim's an extraordinary, wonderful person. We really did. I think the chemistry oh, yes. worked so well. And you've got to make that work as a girl, really. You've got to, you know, you've got to sort of, and it did. And, you know, the same with Robbie, yeah. really. It, it, you've got to, it's it's very important. And I just loved it. I loved the, the wit. Mm. I loved the... Terry Rigby, who's possibly one of the greatest pinter actors, as well as the most sardonic and wonderfully witty. He was brilliant in By the Beck. Colin Blakely was in it. You oh, know. yes. There were the stunning yeah. people in By the Beck. I, I think it was the more incidental scenes and the interplay between you and James Bond oh. that really allowed the series to shine. I mean, it obviously. Was just, yeah, absolutely. The no speaking, mm. the going round and round and round the roundabouts and things, <laughs> and, and the jazz, mm. and the, you know, and, and, the, and the blonde bombshells. I've had my share of... Your share of what? Emotional agony. You? Emotional agony? Even woodwork teachers have emotions, you know. I'm not made of teak. But mostly I'm managed with this amazing dream. I'm sorry I asked. What dream? I'm sitting there in the flat, listening to some jazz. Duke or Louis or Bix. And the door opens, and in walks this beautiful platinum blonde. Did she ever show up? No. You don't see many platinum blondes these days. Just yes, to describe to the audience who who might not be aware of it, it's 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 about two quite ordinary school teachers who are, are a Very couple, ordinary, yes. yeah, and unwittingly getting embroiled in the series of adventures with like political corruption, nuclear waste dumping, and fraud, and but you know it's a, a good long rambling plot, and it Gangster, sort of connects yes. towards the end, uh, and it, it, it but it links with the music of Big Spiderbeck and trying to find um, some yes. some records. He played that, his cornets, <laughs> he played his cornets like bullets from a gun, yes. absolutely beautiful. <laughs> but the the um, not bullets from the gun, bullets from something. Something or other, yes. Amazing musician. They say his playing sound like bullets shot from a gun. Bullets. 
anyway, but it was because she she was the woodwork teacher. No, she he was the woodwork teacher, uh-huh. and he's constantly getting cut back. So he would do standard lamps, and then he'd be doing kind of like rulers or something, mm. and he'd be done. And and she was the English teacher, and and she was very much into conservation. So she made him deliver leaflets and bullets and shot was, from a bell there we was, go bullets shot right. from a bell just You're found brilliant. it i've Thank just found it the, <laughs> the first you. great white jazz musician oh, cornet player so born in davenport oh, drank himself wonderful. to death <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway, exactly blah, 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 that's it that's it <laughs> perfect and it was just heaven and of course he became a lifelong friend godfather mm. to our son and and actually lived a stone's throw from here and died in 2010 and his wife um survived him and and his children just the most wonderful friend and wonderful writer Mm. perfectly wonderful writer Mm. yep and original totally original and uh and andrew davis equally you know one one of the, the the original things that he wrote Don't see that myself, just another woman. My personal view is there's nothing wrong with Rosemary that a damn good Rogering wouldn't sort out. <laughs> Come to think of it, you might be the very man. Here he is, Rosemary Stephen Dacre. How do you do? How do you do? <laughs> Rosemary what? Oh, dear. Just Rosemary. That's my full name. I'm not exactly into patronymics, Stephen. <sighs> Sorry. Um... Going through the whole of one's life, labelled as one man's daughter, another man's wife. Yes, of course, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> I know just what you mean. As a matter of fact, my wife doesn't... <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, you are... Oh, you mean what do I do here? Have you heard this little story, Stephen? The doctor and his son are in a frightful car accident. The doctor's killed outright. They rush the son to hospital for brain surgery. The surgeon takes one look at the boy and says, I can't take this case, that's my son. Explanation? Ah. Oh, oh yes. The surgeon is the boy's mother. I'm a doctor, Stephen. Not a nurse, not a physiotherapist. Yes, of course you are. Look, I'm dreadfully sorry. (laughs) I didn't for a moment mean to imply that you... (laughs) 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 You know, I I, I was just... uh... Um, you mustn't feel you have to apologise all the time, Stephen. I know it's very difficult to be a man too these days, if you have any sensitivity at all. Yes, I, I do find that rather difficult. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to work together really well. I'm looking forward to that, Stephen. Thanks. <laughs> well, so am I. Um... Um, I believe, he may kill me for saying this, but I believe... Someone, either the BBC or Andrew, owed one the one or the other some money. So very peculiar practice was written, and of course that became a complete cult. And people over the years have nagged me and said, "Barbara, do you have that uniform and the shoes?" <laughs> and I say, "Well, yes, I do, but I, mm. I can't find them. But I do have them somewhere." Hello. I watched the first episode the other night. So your, your interplay with Peter Davison is just 
brilliant. Yeah. You're playing this quite oh, we've sort done, of... We've done that indifferent series all the way through. Quite sort of sexualised, bisexual, um, yeah. um, very women's rights. And the Dr. Rosemary, who's working on this well, ca- a university campus. Yeah. bisexual and yes. terrified men. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the... But you do you know, it the... so well, Barbara. Oh, oh my you. God, well, you do. I enjoyed nothing better. Terrified. Wonderful. I'm a gay man. I would be absolutely terrified by, by <laughs> any sort wonderful. of uh, flattering oh, of eyelashes. You are lovely. No, it was a real, a real gas that sure. because because you know to have to say hegemony and and patronymics and and all those wonderful glorious words that, and, and and sit there with with you know your legs crossed with tan on your legs and slit up your skirt and, and sort of look straight in the eye wiggling your glasses. It's just yes. I mean it was just wonderful. And of course the most the most glorious. Um, Graham Crowd oh, and, and absolutely and, and David Trout David Trout you know, as well and yeah. John Bird yes the, of course I mean, yes John Bird who I actually if I hadn't if I wasn't in the scene with him mm-hmm. David Tucker who directed it said Barbara out because I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> whenever John was doing a scene when I was I just laughed and he said Barbara just leave please go and have a coffee please. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, it's just too disruptive. <laughs> I still speak to the wonderful John Bird. He is a legend yes. and a wonderful, wonderful man. I mean, I remember my parents. We we just absolutely adored a peculiar practice and um, bright, bright as a button was. And when mm. and, and life was divided between the people would say, oh, "Barbara, what's the point of the nuns?" Yes, and then you would know that you you shouldn't hang around long because. <laughs> It wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have a very successful conversation. Again, to, to explain that we we have these rather random scenes where nuns are going through the, the bins in the university, and we never yes. really have any explanation what's going on. But it's just a nice little offbeat off the track <laughs> from the, the main plot. That's right, and it's rather <laughs> wonderful that in the end, Rosemary goes and joins them. All right, I have to catch the up la- with the last, last series. Last she's in a nun's. She's in a nun's costume, and right. she trots off with them. It's really funny. <laughs> I I mean, got it's, them just, all it's, it's glorious. The great thing they're all available again on BritBox. Um, uh, a lot of your work they is are. so uh, you tap in Barbara Flynn. Glorious. There's about ten series. Fl- uh, I know. Flash lovely, lovely, wonderful, stuff. wonderful. So lucky. Season's so greetings lucky. isn't on there as yet. Now I, I, I know we talked. No, it isn't. It could be mm. because it's actually pretty perennial. That. Yeah. just been showing me his workshop out the back there. Oh, yes. Got himself nicely set up now, then, eh? Yes. Marvellous. All those power tools. I envy him those power tools. Yes, it's good to see where the money goes. It's all invested in a shed around the back of the house. Ah, oh, don't be like that. Man's got to have a hobby, hasn't he? Why? Well, he just does. He's got to get away, hasn't he? Away from what? Well, uh, everything. Me? I-, I didn't say that. It's obviously me. What else? Me and the kid. Well, I'm saying nothing. You take that up with Nev. I would, except I never see him. So it was in his bloody shed. So Season's Greetings, 1986, the Eggbourne play, which was adapted so brilliantly for screen. I think it was shown on BBC Two and then repeated a couple of years later. Michael Cashman, um, who's been a previous guest on the show, uh, has talked so warmly about it. And I've got to say, what an incredible cast. Nicky Henson, Geoffrey Palmer, um, Leslie Dunlop, Bridget Anna Turner, Anna Massey, of course, uh, Peter Vaughan. Yep. What, tell me about that hilarious Leslie love Dunlop. scene with Leslie Dunlop, that hilarious love scene with Sean 
Scott at the foot of a Christmas tree when you're oh, yes, inadvertently yes, setting off loud clockwork of toys. It now it's very funny. He's got some tinsel in his lapel. It's all very heavy breathing under the under the pine. I very mean, was funny. that quite quickly filmed? I mean, it looked so like I a lot of choreography. Remember. You know, you're Good sort of wrapping God, your legs around remember. him. It was certainly fun. I'd love to see it again. Actually. We should watch I really it. It's will. on YouTube. Is it? I should send you a link. There you go. Oh, do. You can watch do. it on YouTube. <laughs> I'd love, they definitely should put that because it's it's the best of Eightbourne. Yeah. And, well, he's written so many. Actually, I, I, I regret, actually, if I have a great, I regret not having met Mr. Shakespeare earlier and not having done more Eightbourne. Right. Yes. I think, and Chekhov too, but actually those two... I've not done any Chekhov, which is a terrible thing to admit. Okay. But I really, really would love to have done more because mm. I think, especially his really emotional ones um, that Aikborn wrote. I mean, they're truly, mm. it's genius, though. I mean, yes. in lines like, in lines like when Bridget Turner, um, no, it's some, no, I think I, I met Jeffrey Palmer at the bottom of the stairs. He'd come down again and was going, up and coming down again and I, says, yes. I said um, and he looks at me and says um, I said oh up and down up, up and down, and, down yeah. and, and he looks back and he says yes that's marriage for you and, <laughs> and, and you know, it's just it's completely perfect oh it is wonderful yeah just you know these pictures actually my scrapbook is amazing my mother did this one and mm. it's just terribly clever there's yeah. lots of Cashman yes he looks gorgeous oh yes he's, he's Peter a... Vaughan oh he was amazing yeah Bridget Turner, yeah. what talent. Nicky oh, Hansen. Yeah. I just remember Bridget Turner ad adjusting her wig as she's come out after making the lamb, but that was a complete oh, chaos. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, you have watched it recently. Oh, yeah. Well, I watch it I watch it most Christmases because I taped it from a repeat on BBC Four about five years ago. And every other Christmas, I mean, I don't want to overload on it, but uh, I, I, it just get, gets me in the mood. Gets me in there the are favourites, aren't there? Yeah. Because it's, it, is, it is that humour. Yeah, but you just are wonderful. so good in that. Oh my God! Oh, I mean, if I just temp... Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, but just such energy and um. Thank you, thank that's you. That's all right. You, yeah. to SNS Online with today's special guest, Barbara Flynn. SNS Online presents the soundtrack of your life. Every time going on stage with Michael Gambon in Tales from Hollywood, mm -hmm. under his, he would walk around this enormous, as it was then, quite naked stage in this production, and he'd get to me and pick me up. I was playing this sort of... Susan Hayward um, kind of character, mm -hmm. a sort of Jewish girl who he knew. And he picked me up and walked towards the audience and he went under his breath. He'd, he'd sing, bah, 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 bah. So this, whenever I think of him, I think of that. Looking for a man, saw Barbara Ann, so I thought I'd take a chance. Barbara Ann, 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 Barbara Ann
ba 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 the Beach Boys, Barbara F's soundtrack of her life. Well, one of them. She's also a massive Rolling Stones fan. So here's 19 seconds of Mick Jagger being utterly fabulous. Rolling Stones there, albeit briefly, squeezing it in for our bar. Now, the next sequence is about Granada Television's Cracker, played with such conviction by the late Robbie Coltrane. At the time of recording this interview, he had yet to pass, as indeed had the Queen, which we'll be referencing later as Barbara played her in the Channel 4 drama. Looking at the obits on Twitter, there are some lovely nods, not only to Robbie, but to Barbara too, in relation to that show, including... Robbie Coltrane was ace and cracker, as was Barbara Flynn, as his exasperated wife, R.I.P. I wish we'd had a let's talk about how amazing Robbie Coltrane is day before today, Man, I love watching he and Barbara Flynn spar. Robbie Coltrane died this week. His wife in Cracker was played grippingly, I must say, by Barbara Flynn. Still remember it like it was yesterday. Brilliant and powerful drama. Not just Robbie Coltrane and Robert Carlyle, but the other side and relationship with Barbara Flynn. And finally, I saw Robbie Coltrane's Cracker co-star, Barbara Flynn, walking by Granada Studios. I smiled to her as I recognised her. Then my mouth dropped as I realised there was a huge figure next to her, blending in with the surrounding buildings. They both smiled back with a twinkle. Let's take a listen to both of them in action. Get your things packed. Get your things packed. We're going to your grounds. But it won't happen again. I mean it this time. Why not a normal addiction, Fitz? Heroin or cocaine? Do too much and you're dead. Why pick something so bloody limitless? Well, that makes three of us now. Three dogs chasing the same bone. Did you believe him? When he said he loved you? No. Why not? He always went back to you. You say you'd die for your family. You'd die for your children. You'd die for your children because they're part of you. But I don't believe you love me any more than that girl. She's injured. She's confused. She doesn't know what she believes. I meant the other one. So did I. Would you die for me? Just me? Fitz. 
So I'm going to go to Cracker now. Cracker, a fantastic hard-hitting late-night detective series starring Robbie Coltrane as Fitz Cracker with you as the long-suffering wife, Judith. Um, now, Judith could have been a more passive role, largely kept in the shadows by the overriding detective stuff, but you very much made that part your own and offered the writers inspiration to give you more in later episodes. Jimmy McGovern and Paul Abbott, we must reference. Do you think if Cracker was made now, your role would have been even more expanded or even would you have been Cracker and Robbie Coltrane the long-suffering husband? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yes, that, that absolutely could happen. I mean, mm. it came after Prime Suspect, didn't it? Yes, yes. So, it was that was that was going. Um, Robbie got it and was just sensational in that. Uh, always in the denouement and always amazing to work with. I mean, really, he could tell you about anything that moved. Robbie, anything, <laughs> train, bus, car, motorbike, ah, anything right. that moved. Not so much of the animal kingdom, but definitely of the me- metallic. But early on, they sent me the script, and it was about mm. three feet thick, this script. <laughs> and I read it. And they said, I said, do you want me to come in and read this? No, 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 we want you to do it. And so I went in and talked to Gub Neal and Michael Winterbottom. Well, Michael Winterbottom looked about 12 years old <laughs> at this stage and was perfectly astounding. Gub Neal was just, they are so talented, those two. Mm. And they knew exactly what they wanted to do. And you can see from the first scene when they're round the round table having dinner mm-hmm. and it's it's just before she finds out that he's forged the check or he's done something dreadful. Mm. And and it's the way they shoot that and the way they um, they were just amazing. He was very strong on design, Michael mm-hmm. Winterbottom. He wanted me to have an absolute look, a really clean sculpted kind of, you know, that 90s, that shoulders and all that sort of stuff. And, of course, we had Janty Yates did the costume. So, I mean, mm. we were in such wonderful, wonderful hands. Mm. She was just cosmic. She went on to do Gladiator. Oh, yes. with my, absolute, my absolute idol is um, Ridley Scott. I just adore mm. his work. Mm. And um, so, so just... He, they knew exactly what they wanted and you know it kept winning awards and it yes. kept winning awards yes. and and the more awards we won we seemed to have less time to film uh-huh. and you know the pressure was on sometimes because of my shot my close-up was the last of the day and robbie done his mm. robbie was great at telling stories through other people's shots you know and you'd have to keep you have to keep, keep, keep your was... keep your brain keep your brain on the, <laughs> the brain on the joke and the brain on what you're doing yes. you, know, you have to you really have to sort of you know, and it was a challenge and, mm. you know, we all rose to it and it's lovely. It was the best, honestly, the best work. And being in Manchester at that time mm. was extraordinary. I mean, the, the, but, the, but the writing was amazing. Sometimes yeah. it was very, very violent. Yes. Um, mm. the, scene, the, the episode when I'm attacked is quite, you know, as an actor, you have to be very careful. Not to actually get strangled. Oh, <laughs> it's, yes. It's, 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 but, but it's, it's very, it's very, very good. Such wonderful work. Yeah. And yeah. Jimmy's writing. Oh, God. Couldn't put it down. And of course, later, Couldn't Paul Abbott did some, which, and then he's, oh, he, he went was off amazing. to Shameless and all the rest of it. So. Paul was astonishing. Mm. And Hilary Bevan Jones, wonderful, wonderful people worked on that yeah. show. Really, truly. I mean, just, it was, uh, Sally Head was just, um, she was a maker of, builder of pyramids, of castles, of I mean, wonderful people. One of the she directors? No, no, Sally Head, it was her, she sort of, she sort of sorted it. 
Okay. I mean, she was probably the producer, I would say. The oh, okay, I'm with you. Astonishing, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, instigated it. Mm. Amazing woman. And a young um, Christopher uh, Eccleston as well. Yes, yes, mm. he came and went. And Ricky, Ricky, um, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Tomlinson? No. No, yes, yes. Oh, yes. But Ricky... Um, <laughs> Again, Scottish, brilliant. Played the oh, um, Carlisle fanatic. Yes, thank yes, you. Yes, 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 Carlisle. yes. Loads and loads and loads of amazing mm. people came through that series. Yeah, no, absolutely amazing. Let's talk about playing the Queen, or Queens actually, because you've played more than one. Over the years, I have dwelt on the happier side of things for my Christmas broadcasts. We need reminding of it, particularly at Christmas time. Next February, we'll see the 40th anniversary of my father's death and of my accession. Over the years, I have tried to follow his example and to serve you as best I can. And with the love and support of my family, I shall try to serve you for many years to come. This was a docudrama oh, pre-Crown, well. it must be said, and five actors playing uh, yes. the Queen uh, in a yes. docudrama. Let's list uh, the actors, actually. I have them here. So, Amelia Fox. Uh, Millie Fox. Um, Millie Fox um, 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 Samantha Bond. Susan Sam Jameson. Your very yeah. good self. And yeah. Diana Quick. So, yes. um, a wonderful uh, collection of, of queens. <laughs> it was an extraordinary job for me. I literally... I think in some of the press I said that I knew about it two days before it started filming. Mm. And, and you know, sometimes things are late, but this is quite late. Mm. I was thrilled. I thought, I'm going to do this. So I looked at everything I had. Mm. I'm a great, great advocate for the Queen. Mm. I mean, nobody's kept a promise as long as she's done. Oh, and God. she doesn't phone in sick. And she is the <laughs> most extraordinary woman. And, and all that sort of everything about her. Mm. So I was thrilled. And I got to do her Anna Cerebris, which, of course, is a real yes. gem. And also, I got to do most of it in a complete uh, snowstorm. The whole of the Salisbury playing, we were in Longleat, we were in Starhead, we were all, and Salisbury playing was a whiteout. We had to stop at this um, station, and and um, and when we finally got to Starhead, I think, mm -hmm. or maybe it's Longleat, um, we couldn't film because the trucks couldn't get through; they got mm -hmm. stuck. And so I suggested to the director that maybe we do some shots with the corgis in the snow. Yeah. And so we did that, and it was great fun. And then the crew that were there then continued to um, have competitions of, of ice carving of um, images of me with the corgis. <laughs> so it was really, really – we spent our days very well until oh. we could film. But it was the most – it was lovely to do. Mm. And this German woman um, had the corgis and she'd say to me, now, I have some cheese and you put the cheese up the sleeve and you keep <laughs> the cheese in the sleeve. And I mean, I've been brought up with dogs. I mean, you know. And I said, OK, fine. <laughs> and I'd also been brought up with corgis, funny enough. And I uh, uh. had my own corgi. And so um, I was, and she kept coming up to me through the day. Do you want some more cheese? More cheese. I said, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. I've got enough cheese. You have enough cheese? <laughs> what do you do with the cheese? I said, no, I've got enough cheese. So, um, and she said, what are you doing with the cheese? 
I'm fascinated. What are you doing with the cheese? Because you're not using it. I said, no, I'm not using it because if I give the cheese to the dogs, they lose interest. Yes. If they know the cheese is there and they don't have the cheese, I have a constant interest. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely, but I love corgis and we got on very well. Oh, it was lovely. lovely. Very, but it was just divine. So I played, I played her once and I would adore to have played the Queen Mother. I think yes. it was a great oversight. I would love to have played, but I can't say that, can I? Because my lovely peers had the job and they were brilliant. But I would adore to play her. How do you find um, the, the crown compared to that? Have you, I presume you've, you've, you've dipped into oh, the crown? They, they had endless time, endless help. Mm. We had 10 minutes and, oh, and we right. had to do it at breakneck speed. Yes, so you can't yes. compare it. No, no. Um, I would, I, I've watched every frame. I'm, I thought Claire Foy was stupendous. Yes, yes. And and I, Matt was just just Matt Smith, excellent. Mm. I thought Tobias Menz is just amazing. Josh O'Connor, extraordinary. Um, so many performances, just amazing yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, I, I just the little girl who played Diana and the little girl who played the little girl, wonderful girl who played <laughs> Anne. Mm, wonderful yes. performances, and I can't wait to see the next one. Yes, I mean, really, really. Um, extraordinary and Eileen is Queen Mary oh my god yes she curtsies to <laughs> oh that was just what Eileen can just oh, she can do she's I, I, she's the funniest woman in the world you know um, right. anyway so that's just brilliant Mary Queen of Scots who I love and very devoted to I played twice okay. and I really um, I played her once on stage at the Mermaid Theatre with okay. Janet McTall, as I called her, but Janet McTeer. Okay. Jan- Janet McTeer and I share birthday, but about 11 years apart. Oh, okay. And she played Elizabeth and I played Mary, and it was a very, very difficult job. Um, it, um, I spoke to everyone who played Mary in Robert Bolt's play, and they, they agreed with me, but it was wonderful to do it. Mm. And then I played her in Tom Hooper's Elizabeth I with okay. Helen. It's a two-parter telly, which is actually rather good, where Helen plays Elizabeth rather well. Why do you come? Is it curiosity? To witness my confinement? To see what you have brought me to? As you see, I am not well. Perhaps this pleases you. Was it I who brought you to this, Mary? Who else? I'm more your friend than you imagine. I'm the only thing that stands between you and destruction. Royalty stands with itself, madame. Who else will stand with us or for us? We serve the people, Mary. I am a little bored with the people. I think it is time we stand out for a different set of subjects. Jeremy Irons played, he played Lester, and he, he, he just ups her game somehow. He mm. is, he's, he's brilliant in it. And I played Mary Queen Scots. And um, so it's rather funny because there's Ian McDermott and, oh God, Patrick Malahide, mm. who are both, who both Catholics playing Protestants. <laughs> And I, if I'm anything, I'm under under Protestant playing a Catholic. So we, we, in in Vilnius, we gave each other lessons, but it was extraordinary. Had my head chopped off and everything. Oh, lovely! Um, and I had this lovely scene with with Helen, which was lovely, and and um, a couple of scenes. 
Did you get to keep your to... head, your your fake head? No, but uh, but my son thought it would be amusing for him to have an outtake of my head rolling around on the stage without the body. So mm. I've got that for him. I don't think either of us have watched it, but I still have it. Right. <laughs> mm. Well, the other queen I played was in Queen was Queen Victoria in something extraordinary called eighteen. 18- 64, mm-hmm. directed by Ole Barnidal, mm-hmm. Barnidal, which is about the Schleswig-Holstein situation, which apparently in that area is a big thing. And he filmed this extraordinary film about all this um, and having one scene with Queen Victoria. You'll have to explain it again, Prime Minister. We sympathise with these days. And it's my understanding that they signed a treaty declaring they wouldn't touch Schleswig. Then what? Then these nationalist ideas of one united kingdom arise. But hasn't Schleswig always been Danish? Only as a duchy. That's not enough. No, it's important they become part of an actual kingdom. Oh, I don't understand it at all, Prime Minister. And I went out to the extraordinary Czech Republic to do it mm. with, with James Fox. And we had all sorts of wonderful journeys and wonderful experiences. But however, okay. but those are my queens. Approaches. Tell the men to hold the chair. What is all this agitation? Are the summer gloves coming? We have had news of significant. Sister, has something occurred? I think it likely. Yes, Miss Pole is gesticulating. But he comes recommended by the highest in the land. I have never heard him mentioned. And I dine at Arley Hall. Dr. Morgan fancies he is getting old, and so he seeks to present his patients with a bachelor. A bachelor? I'm sure I should recoil from his attentions. Her Majesty the Queen did not when she summoned him to Windsor and gave him charge of her state of health. Windsor, indeed. We shall see how he does in Cranford. I was going to talk to you about Cranford. Now, I've got to admit, I have never watched Cranford. It's just one of those things that has passed me by, probably because I was busy or whatever. Now, I watched the first episode last night. I just thought it was wonderful. And the the, the cast list almost made me laugh out loud because every (laughs) every name that appeared was just like, that's just ridiculous. Eileen Atkins and and, uh, um, Julie Dench and all the rest of it. Julia McKenzie, your good self, Philip Glenster, Michael Gambon. Uh, Oh, Oh, bonkers. Um, Jim oh, Carter, yes. Oh, Everyone. just I mean that. Imelda, Imelda uh, Jim, playing, Greg Wise, Greg Wise, Imelda, Imelda Staunton, Julia Swain. <laughs> no, it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I mean that, that's just crazy. Every single person that was appearing as a name, I was thinking, well, they could hold their own show, and they're all in this one show jostling for oh, the screen time. <laughs> well, that, well, that's Sue Bertrissel, you see, and she she had to move mountains How'd to she make get them? those people all together. And she really well before that, you see, we did Wives and Daughters, which mm. is the prequel to that. In my days, girls went wherever it pleased folk to ask them. I've seen many a girl of 14 or even 12 at a card party who knows how to behave as well as any lady there. 
there should be no talk of coming out for anyone unto the daughter of a squire. After Easter, Molly and I shall be capable of proper behaviour, but not before. Proper behaviour? Well, I'm quite sure that Molly has been capable of proper behaviour ever since she was a little girl. Always a little lady. Molly wants the refinements of good society gives. Why, only today I saw her coming upstairs two steps at a time. Only two, Molly. Yesterday I found I could manage four, you know. But it took her years to get Cranford off the mm. years, as it very often does. Yes. But she did it so beautifully. She looked after us unbelievably well. And we had the lovely Laycock. And it was just... And have a sedan chair, for God's sake. I spent my whole time <laughs> apologising <laughs> to those hilarious. poor men. Stop at once! Turn yourself about. There are some ladies running. Make haste. Hey, make haste. And trying to control that little white dog. But uh, honestly, it was just... Heavenly, heavenly, heavenly. Eileen's performance with Judy, I think, with the orange. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Eileen and Judy were just completely cosmic together. I was trying to explain to my partner what Cramper was actually about. I said, well, it's actually not about that much, but it's just it's just a lot of lovely um, old school characters who very little happens in the village. So anything that's happening at all is is, is cause of great excitement. <laughs> But it's such writing. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, no, absolutely. It's the writing because you normally, if someone else is writing that, you wouldn't be engaged with those women. You'd think, oh, just boring all that. Absolutely. You'd you'd just move on. (laughs) But it's absolutely, it's, oh, wonderful. Mm, Yeah. Absolutely. No, great. No, I've I've done a lot of corset, lovely corset (laughs) Corset work. I like corset work. You look great. You look great in in all that. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch and sniff. With Nick Randall. And we haven't talked about the Durrells, which is very dear to my heart. Louisa! Aunt Hermione! Welcome back to Corfu. You're a day early. Yes. Venice was closed for some reason. I must be writing letters of complaint. This is Mrs. Haddock. One of our British contingent. She's very special. <laughs> it's Mr. Stephanides, isn't it? <laughs> we visited your somewhat outre home. You did. <laughs> I no longer have the octopus. Mrs. Haddock and I are delighted to accept your hospitality. What a splendid idea. Excellent. But sadly, Theo is very busy with his work. Oh. Why is he here then? Exposed as a fraud. <laughs> Ladies, it will be a pleasure. Well, the Durrells um, was an extraordinary event, really. I mean, to go to work in Corfu was a complete pleasure, arriving on this Greek island and going to, to this location in a pine forest and seeing this wonderful house. The interior was completely ramshackle because, of course, we always did the filming interiorly at um interiors at ealing mm. and to join this this group i mean we'd all met before you know before going out there and i knew keely from cranford and and um well, wives and daughters yes and um and other things and it was it, it was just glorious and josh o'connor i'd met before doing versailles at, at godonmore 
and and, and these children, Daisy, who hadn't worked before, and Callum, who hadn't worked before, and Keely holding them all together. And this it was just an extraordinary. And in comes Bossy Hermione, Aunt Hermione, <laughs> and it was it was it was just heaven. Louisa, my dear, having decided I'd been enough of a burden. No. On a whim, I stayed in a guest house where I met Mr. Anestes. Gallimera. Gallimera. So have you, have you got plans? Oh, no, I don't think that would be wise. Do you? Let's take the days one by one. One by one. <laughs> I feel very alive. Oh, yes. Yes, so, so do we. <laughs> Something about this place. Shall we? Yes. And of course, our glorious Greek Yorgos Garamihos and Alexis Giorgio. I mean, just absolutely beautiful people. It was a magnificent and series, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was. And you know, uh, Sid Gentle Films, um, I applaud to the skies. They're quite extraordinary. Um, uh, Sally will be gentle and, and Lee Morris and the whole gang of them. They're just stupendous and, of course, are responsible for something so completely different as Killing Eve. Mm. And goodness knows what they're going to come up with next. They are just extraordinary. I mean, the Daryls, and it kept going on and on, and of course, um, and in the end, they killed me. So there we go. Oh, you look so strong and calm. <laughs> oh, but no, but that, that's fine. No, 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 it's absolutely fine. And And it was... It was a very, very moving and wonderful thing to be mm. part of, and to watch those children grow. Well, of course, one I of them's mean, now Milo in, is um, now... in the, the um, uh, all creatures great and small, isn't he? Yes, Callum, yes, is but Milo is oh, Milo's Milo's Milo is now a man. He started as a boy, and now he's a man. Yes, absolutely. It's it just it's absolutely wonderful. And Killing Eve was such a laugh. I had to kill you. I'm really sorry. Because that was a lovely scene with Fiona, um, and and um, Sarah. No, what's what's she called? Oh God! <laughs> right, hang on. Let me Google this. Jo- Jody and no. Yeah. And. Hang on. For God's sake! Killing Eve. Isn't I'm, I'm writing it down now. You'd I'm... never forget Jody's name. No. Uh, Jody Cromer. Sandra. 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 And Sandra. 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 And Sandra. And, but it was mainly with Fiona, mm, and Fiona and Shaw. so we had this very very short scene where I kept the booze in the fridge with the cadavers, but it was absolutely <laughs> heavenly and just uh, what an honour to be in that amazing series. I know. I'm... Amazing yeah. series. You, you just seem to. I mean, that started with with her ingenuity of 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 putting two things together. Phoebe and Luke Jennings, who wrote the the dancing um, column for the is it Telegraph, sure. and and she and Sally put them together and, and mm. came up with this, you know, because he'd written the novellas. Mm. But brilliant. what's what's brilliant. clear to me is that you, clearly you are the go-to person for so many different roles in in beautifully well-written, high-profile shows. I think well. We must get Barbara into these shows. Uh, it, it, well, it's just constant. Was, you have a I lot of like that. you have a lot of previous on this, as they say. Well, I, I've had a lot of fun. That's yes, what I'd say. yes. I mean, you don't go tick 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 tick. No, I know. I was doing the ticks you for you. Back. I was you doing have the to ticks. Look forward. Yes. But how lucky am I to have had this life I of know. of doing all this? And it's it's just it's just heaven.
to go quite sort of up to date and talk about Doctor Who. I'm a massive Doctor Who oh, fan. Yes. Now, for you yes. to not just be in Doctor Who, um, but playing such a significant character, and it's caused a lot of a bit of a storm in in the um, the fan circles and all the rest of it about looking back on the original history of Who and finding out new informations. But you play this character called Tecteum in the Flux, which is sort of the Doctor's very own mummy of sorts. Or she wasn't very a nice nice mummy. <laughs> no, she 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 wasn't. You think you can navigate all those time streams without anyone noticing? You're fighting a lost cause. You need to stop. Lost causes are my speciality. Not this time. There'll be no glory awaiting you on this one. Oh, you seem to think you're very well informed. I'm telling you, the damage to time is already done. As intended. Intended? Hmm. The flux event was spatial. But it was possible it wouldn't be enough. The ravagers, swarm and azure, are rare and useful creatures. Now they have been reintroduced. Think of them as a temporal poison or contagion. I'm sorry, I'm normally very good at keeping up with things, but you lost me quite early on. Where are we? And how do you know me and I don't know you? Always the wrong questions. This universe is over, Doctor. And you get to call it, do you? Everything has its time. Nothing is forever. Nothing is certain. Not you and not this universe you seem to love so much. She was rather a quick mummy. Mm. They dealt with her rather quickly, I felt. I was because really shocked I, she got got rid of so quickly. Well, I didn't know exactly. I thought she might come back because, after all, she has been blitzed. And I thought, oh, I'm just hope for yet. Yeah. But but it was it was very that was always the plan. But it was very strange because I didn't. I I don't. I think I probably stopped watching it in any regularity mm. when Peter was doing it. Probably. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know why something must have happened or I, maybe Lance is young or something. I don't yeah. know. Mm. But um. So I didn't. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> So I, what I, I had to do was do a lot of research very quickly. And, of course, I worked with Jodie on, on um, Cranford. Oh, yes. And so I knew her. And, uh, and it was, I mean, she's just utterly amazing. Mm-hmm. And we just had a, a wonderful time. Mm. I adored doing it. And I would love, if they're listening, I would love to come back. Well, you um, know what? Was... So everything was going into flux and time was changing. So I, I think it, it would be a big mistake to permanently kill that character off. And I have, oh, well, a, I have a feeling <laughs> there is more to come. And even if it doesn't happen on the series, big Finnish productions, who, of course, do all the audios for Doctor Who, I am absolutely certain they will come knocking on your door at some point to do a tech Yes, I have done a few of those. Audio box those. set. Oh, you've done some mm. others, right. But well, I bet I, well, you... Yes, I've done, mm. I've done some, but I've, I've always managed to not do the visuals, so I was very happy to go yes. down to Wales and... And do it in the lockdown situation. Now, I foresee uh, a return to the TV, a big finish box set, and an action figure. I want to see you as an marvelous. action figure. Oh, I want How one. Exciting. I, I, to get an Oscar, I would, I would dearly love an action an figure. An action figure, yeah. And speaking of, speaking of what, you know, I, I love to do a lot of sound work. Yes, I was just um, want to ask you about I, that. I, I have done my first video game oh. in sound. And, and I played um, in Waylander. Mm. And I play a 400-year-old warrior called Brig. Oh, wow. And I loved it mm. with this lovely guy called Sergio in, in, um, in Spain. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, my God, it's, sound opens up such a wonderful world. Yes. It's always been a big part of my life from, from ads, you know, um, from Lint to Lost Gardens of Heligan, Lloyd's Bank, um, mm. you know, 
Big Fat Gypsy Weddings, which I did about 195 of, which I absolutely adored. The traveller look has become synonymous with fairy tale extravagance and sequined splendour. But the ever more outlandish designs are driven by a delicate game of one-upmanship. For a traveller girl, the pressure to look good starts young. 24 hours from her first Holy Communion, nine-year-old Irish traveller Nan Girl is preparing to receive the Lord into her life for the first time at her salon of choice. And we learnt all about the um, um, the gypsies and the Romanies and, the, and, and all those bloody wedding dresses that cost, what, 200,000 or something. Mm. You've done a lot of narration mm. for documentaries, haven't you? And, 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 and yes. audio books and things like that, yeah. Mm. No, the funniest one I did for Horizon oh. was um, my husband worked for Horizon and did a lot yes. of amazing. And um, he w went into the office one day and he'd finished, he'd finished his editing and they were looking for a, a voiceover person. And this woman said, oh, oh, oh Jerry, Jerry I've, I've got found someone. And he said, oh, who have you got? And she said, well, I've got this girl. She's quite, she does a lot called Barbara Flynn. This is silence. And he said, I have to tell you, she's my wife. Um, so there was a pause and he thought about it and he thought, no, she might be able to do it, actually. So, but he was the toughest person I've had. But it was the, one of the most extraordinary programmes. It was um, Women, the Inside Story. It was, a, it was all about female sexuality. I wanted Amazing. to give give a nod to to your late husband Jeremy Taylor, who, oh, who, who I, I, I was reading about all the work he's done and all the science documentaries and and writing thank science you. books on evolution. And I loved your obit you wrote thank for, for the, the the Guardian, absolutely wonderful. And oh, thank um, you. Yeah, no, absolutely. He he obviously thank was you a, so much. very very, That's very dear of you to have looked into that. No, very absolutely. dear of you. He, he was, was a very funny man too, yeah. and he was able to explain the most complicated things. In a very, very good way, because he had lots of practice with me, lots and lots of practice having yes. to explain things. But he, you know, his books are Body by Darwin, especially is is an extraordinary book. What a clever man! Five years ago now, and and he I know, I know. he had such amazing ability. Yeah. He'd have written about the gut. He'd have written about lots of things. Yeah. But hey ho, that's how life goes. I was very lucky yeah. to be with him for so long. Yeah. Gorgeous. I'm a very lucky woman. What does the future hold for you in terms of other other things you'd like to be doing or things that might be coming up you're allowed to talk about? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I've, someone asked me this recently, and I said I, I'd really like to be in a cowboy film. Oh, okay. Or work for Ridley Scott, mm. which could be... Or I'm, I, I'm... No, come on. I've no idea. Yeah. I am open. I've come back from a wonderful holiday in Greece that I haven't I haven't had such a time for such a long time and I haven't had a holiday for ages and it mm. just has given me such a fresh look on oh, things I'm so, so pleased. I'm, That's I'm, good. I'm really open for mm. you know what comes next but at the same time it's been quite a busy year actually because I did mm. Kate and Koji to begin with the second series of that which were held up because of the pandemic and, the, and then and then doing the play. Mm. Um, and well, that's then when you play the counsellor, is it? And the, the, uh, the, the sitcom. Yes, yes, dreadful, it, dreadful it, woman. Yes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> really, really silly. And of course, Brenda is magnificent and it's mm. so it's beautifully written. Councillor Bone, what brings you here today? And they're off. In the post this morning, I received a box with a pink ribbon around it. Oh, was there something nice inside? Inside the several layers of wrapping paper, it had the heap 
of putrefying food matter that you had put in there. Be very careful. Do not label me as a wrongdoer without evidence. Well, I think I can safely assume that the woman who sent me over 50 emails... Unsatisfactorily answered emails... ...about the rubbish collection getting streamlined from weekly to fortnightly is... Does the culprit send it first or second class post? Hmm? Because if they sent it second, it would have had time to really rot and get very stinky indeed, wouldn't it? Was it stinky? <laughs> it was you. It's always you. Like at school with your ridiculous graffiti campaign to derail my selection as head girl. Well, I don't remember you being head girl. Well, I was. I do remember the graffiti. Oh, it took them years to repaint that lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favourite role or is it very difficult to choose looking back on so many wonderful... God, I don't know. <laughs> mm. I don't know because there are so many bits of them and it's usually to do with people and occurrences. And I mean, it's it's really a pleasure to talk to you because it, I don't really look back on what I've done. Yeah. And you've paid me... a. a amazing kindness in in having looked into it so well um so i i had to jog my memory looking mm. through things um so i can't sort of say that i favored one thing but i i just i'm very conscious that it's been a a great ride yes. i mean a long time 54 years is quite a long time mm. and it's 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 wonderful and very and much, it is very the, much ongoing <laughs> well we'll see but we'll see. the creativity that you meet and mm. the the extraordinary um, generosity and talent and and fun. I mean, mm. huge fun is is uh, it's it's wonderful. And that's a lovely way to end the interview, Barbara Flynn. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today on this and this online. Thank you, Nick, very much indeed. That was lovely. It's been a complete and utter pleasure. Thanks again go to the lovely Barbara Flynn. In the next few weeks, we'll be chatting to opera soprano Ellen Williams, Shahida Talaganova on her new film, Children of Ukraine, and Britain's Got Talent's very first winner, Paul Potts. But until then, from me, Nick Randall, goodbye.
scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. I didn't know I was agreeing to that. <laughs> I thought those days were over. Well, I really enjoy working in small theatres. I don't like the huge, spectacular shows. You know, I quite like to see the audience. The whites of their eyes. Uh, yeah, yeah, not quite. <laughs> not quite. I'm glad I'm not Emily Dickinson. What a miserable life led she. She didn't have Cadbury's dairy milk and nobody came for tea. My father said dentistry would be a very useful uh, career for you. You can use it any country in the world and as a Jew you might be thrown out any time. Still it remains in me that, that possibility. I think all good actors are trying to shine a light on what it means to be human. Mm. You know, and to look at human behaviour and, and to look at contradiction. And this is what and David Bowie saw. This. Is this true? David Bowie saw this and then uh, wanted you to make a documentary about him. Yes, he asked me if I'd like to meet up and would I, he liked what he saw. And I mean, thought, what a compliment. Yeah, it, it kind of was. Maybe Fantastic. it was rash judgment to make. <laughs> and this woman came up to me, she said, Now tell me, have you made any movies? And I said, well, no, I haven't been to Betty Ford yet. Well, if I could have gone through that floor. <laughs> and somebody came pounding across the beach at me. I thought, oh, no, not here, not now. Leave me running towards me, running towards me. And I, and they ran straight past me. <laughs> <laughs> by hook or by crook, I ended up meeting them in their hotel. The words breaking in are so vulgar. <laughs> For a 16-year-old Beatlemaniac <laughs> to spend eight days with John and Yoko, I still don't believe it. And then I was with Douglas mm. uh, Adams. I will always remember Douglas's immortal words. She can't sing, she can't dance, she can't act. What's the good of her? <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason I was insulted. And then the door opened and I went, Blimey, you're Shelley Winters. And she said, and who are you? And I said, I'm Derry Foles. And she put her tongue right down my throat. <laughs> I never saw her again the rest of the evening. Are you enjoying now far more than you were enjoying the height of your success? No. Because at the height of my success, I was on private jets and limousines and I wouldn't be stuck in a pub with the likes of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's charming, that is. And Britt Eklund turned and gave me a smile such as you have never seen. And I got this wonderful, utter, total attention until she realised I was absolutely no use to her whatsoever and it was all turned off as though the light was Oh, turned. no! She did make me laugh. And also by the Scotsman, uh, apparently you are tender, frightened and convincing. I mean, it's working for me. <laughs> I've made Sandy Walsh blush, but in a, in a good way. It was for me, being in the supermarket in Accrington, and my elderly lady's coming up to me and saying, when are you and Marie getting married? And me saying, well, we're not allowed to because Hayley's transgender and, and them going, never mind that, they should be together. And that's the way to change the world. I'd say about yeah. this film is it's perfect to take someone on a date to because you fact, don't have to I, talk to them. Yeah. Did you do the old yawn, arms around the back, <laughs> creeping down the front? It was very I'm, tempting. I'm doing a bit. <laughs> Sliding the bra out of the top, yeah. <laughs> It's an art to that. I interviewed on the same day Idi Amin and Harold Pinto. Difficult for me to say who was most difficult and intimidating <laughs> of the two of them. Well, I mean, were you in the same room as these people? I was in the same room as Harold Pinto. I oh. wasn't necessarily... But I, I collected them. That's probably the best put choice them together to. as a, Yeah, Harold always was, but we became good friends over the years, yeah. and I didn't continue my relationship with Idi Amin, I can tell you that. <laughs> 
and I had a terrible problem because my Hamlet kept treading on my very pointy-toe shoes, you see, so I had to keep trying to leave the stage, but of course I couldn't because he was on the foot. And it was written as this sort of very camp thing, and I actually knew a couple of people that auditioned for it, and they said, oh, it's this very sort of camp actory type. Mm. I thought, well, I could do that, but it said, Len is tall, and uh, Mark Gator sent me an email and said, will you give me a ring? And I thought... He's not doing that to tell me I've got it. Uh, he's just being nice because he is the nicest man in the world. And he said, look, we've, we loved what you did, but... And I said, you've gone for somebody tall, haven't you? And he went, yeah. <laughs> I could never get an agent for years because of my disability, so I had to bring my own, which was good for me, actually, because it taught me a lot of discipline. And so I'm negotiating the right fee, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, not as good on that one. More about getting the role. Now, what makes this film interesting is that it's actually really the story about two men, because J. Edgar Hoover, for all Sorry, of the... <laughs> Look, Nick, there's not much man-on-man action in this uh, movie. But yeah, what it is, okay, oh, is a sort of story Just about... Just very intense here, right? Go on, go on. It's a story about... Uh... <laughs> We haven't done this readers for a couple of months. Uh, so, anyway, go on. Okay. Yes, it's better be good. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, J. Edgar Hoover, famously, was he gay? And I just think, actually, that if you don't have older actors and older actresses, you're not really getting a view of a balanced society. How much can you tell us about Mary Poppins and uh, can you succumb to tickling or bribery? Um, neither, because otherwise <laughs> I'll just get a huge smack bottom from Disney. Um, uh, uh, I can only tell you that it's going to be great. <laughs> and there are amazing people in it. If you, if you know. know who's in Meryl it. Street, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. And uh, Emily and Colin Firth. Mm. And Meryl Streep's a bit overrated, I think. <laughs> oh, apparently. Sad! Exclamation mark. And then there was a guy who was supposed to shout something from the wings and he didn't come on. And I, very oh. quick thinking, because I've got a very deep voice, I rushed off to do this old character who actually was still in the toilet. Okay. And I went off and I went... And the line was... Give me some light. And then I ran back on as a Ophelia. <laughs> I've made up for it. I, yeah. I've spent many, many years since making amazing commercials, teaching people how to make sure that they don't get infected with STIs. Oh, right. That's so lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm the voice of chlamydia. So the review came in the next day. The first Ophelia to start out mad and go slowly sane. My simple mantra is... Never accept the world as it is. Dream of what the world could be and then help make it happen. No, I love it. Carol Decker on Scratch and Sniff with a goodie bag. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it tremendously. And uh, thank you for, for picking up on so many things that I'd, I'd actually forgotten about. Did Katie get all this? Oh, yes, yeah, she got all this, yeah. No, wonderful. Tell you, Nick, it's been a total pleasure. I should get highly drunk. Thank you very much. What an enjoyable interview.